0: A reading from the book of Sirach. Wrath and anger are hateful things, yet the sinner hugs them tight. The vengeful will suffer the Lord's vengeance, for he remembers their sins in detail. Forgive your neighbor's injustice. Then when you pray, your own sins will be forgiven. Could anyone nourish anger against another and expect healing from the Lord? Could anyone refuse mercy to another like himself? Can he seek pardon for his own sins? If one who is but flesh cherishes wrath, who will forgive his sins? Remember your last days, set enmity aside. Remember death and decay and cease from sin. Think of the commandments, hate not your neighbor. Remember the Most High's covenant and overlook faults. The Word of the Lord. to A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, none of us lives for oneself, and no one dies for oneself. For if we live, we live for the Lord, and if we die, we die for the Lord. So then, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. For this is why Christ died and came to life, that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living." The Word of the Lord.
1: The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Peter approached Jesus and asked him, Lord, if my brother sins against me, how often must I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus answered, I say to you, not seven times, but 77 times. That is why the kingdom of heaven will be likened to a king who decided to settle accounts with his servants. When he began, began the accounting, a debtor was brought before him who owed him a huge amount. Since he had no way of paying it back, his master ordered him to be sold, along with his wife, his children, and all his property in payment of the debt. At that, the servant fell down, did did him homage, and said, be patient with me, and I will pay you back in full. Moved with compassion, the master of the servant let him go and forgave him the loan. When that servant had left, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a much smaller amount. He seized him and started to choke him, demanding, pay back what you owe. Falling to his knees, his fellow servant begged him, be patient with me and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he had had the fellow servant put into prison until he paid back the debt. Now when his fellow servants saw what had happened, they were deeply disturbed and went to their master and reported the whole affair. His master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I I forgave you your entire debt because you begged me to. Should you have not had pity on your fellow servant as I had pity on you? Then, in anger, his master hauled him over to the torturers until he would pay back the whole debt. So will my heavenly Father do to you, unless each of you forgives your brother from your heart. The Gospel of the Lord.
2: Lord is kind and merciful, slow to anger, and rich in compassion. Isn't it beautiful that's the truth about who our God is. The Lord is kind and merciful, slow to anger and rich in compassion. You make us think about the revelations of divine mercy that Jesus gave to Faustina, speaking of his mercy as endless, like an ocean, an abyss, no limit to God's mercy and that those most in need of that mercy are welcome to it. And we'll see in the scripture today how the Lord revealing his mercy and as a call for us to, in our turn, reveal his mercy too. And we can hear that call in the reading from Sirach, our first reading today. It says, could anyone nourish anger against another and expect healing from the Lord? Could anyone refuse mercy to another like himself? Can he seek pardon for his own sins? So challenging, how could you ask for mercy if you're being unmerciful yourself? And we see then in the Gospel, St. Peter probing to see how much is the extent of mercy that we're called to. And he thought that seven times to forgive a brother was really a good amount. Lord, should I forgive him seven times? And Jesus says, no, 70 times seven times, which really means an unlimited number, seven being a perfect number. And Jesus begins to tell Peter then in the parable, a principle again of receiving mercy and being merciful. We have this wonderful story where Jesus speaks of a master who accounts for one of his servants, who owes him a huge amount. And it's interesting, one of the spiritual scripture commentators describes the amount that was owed. It says in the gospel that the servant owed the master 10,000 talents, 10,000 talents. And that one talent was worth more than 15 years of wages for a laborer. So if you calculate that, 10,000 talents times 15 years would be 150,000 years of labor. He put that into days of labor, it would be in the millions, hey? So that's what he owed, 150,000 years of labor. And he's forgiven that when he begs the master. The master lets him go, but then, that servant who's just received all that mercy is not merciful to a fellow servant. The fellow servant owed him 100 denarii and a denarius was worth one day's wage. So he simply owed him 100 days of wages when that first servant owed his master years and years that he couldn't pay back. So the other servant that only owed 100 100 days could pay him back, but he refuses. And then the other servants see this happen. They go to the master and he's angry at that unmerciful servant. He reveals he's going to suffer for it, but he'll have the chance to come back. But there we see the Lord is so infinitely merciful. And if we fail to be merciful on our little accounts, the Lord will uh, challenge us, he'll make things right. And we see there a principle and an old saying about our Lord and his dealing with our debts. The saying goes that, Jesus paid a debt he didn't owe, because we owed a debt we couldn't pay. Jesus paid a debt he didn't owe, because we owed a debt we couldn't pay. The debt of our sin, eh? We could never pay back on our own what is owed to our God, because the, our, our God is an infinite, infinitely holy being, hey? Only Jesus could really be our Savior to free us from that debt of sin, be it original sin or personal sin, because all sin is an offense against an infinitely holy God, our Heavenly Father. So when that sin began with the original sin, and carrying on to today, there was a, a chasm, in a sense, an abyss of infinite Space between us and our Heavenly Father until Jesus came at the decision of the Father and the Son and the Spirit that they would make things right. So only Jesus could do that because no finite human offering could make up for the offense against an infinitely holy God. It would take us uh, an offering of infinite value, right? Also, uh, we would have to have the shedding of blood to go along with that. In a letter to the Hebrews, it says, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Shedding of blood refers to our human nature being poured out. Remember, our eternal Son of God, Jesus, couldn't die in his divinity, but when he took on our human nature, he became capable of dying for us and taking our human nature with him. So only Jesus can be our Savior because he can offer a sacrifice of infinite value, an eternal sacrifice ongoing. Plus, he's taken our human nature to be able to die on the cross for us and take us with him. That's the beauty of our Savior, Jesus, like no one else. Buddha can't save us. Confucius can't save us. Mohammed can't save us, but Jesus can and Jesus has. So that's the extent of divine mercy that we're called to participate in. The divine mercy revealed and Saint Faustina heard Jesus say this call, this challenge. He said to her, I demand from you deeds of mercy, which are to arise out of love for me. You are to show mercy to your neighbors, always and everywhere. You must not shrink from this or try to excuse yourself from it." So the Lord, even demanding mercy, he says, make a return on that mercy. That's his call for us. And he makes it possible by his grace again. And sometimes the person hardest for us to forgive might be ourselves, And that's where we can ask the Lord for that mercy And we're called to be merciful to others. That doesn't mean to cancel out an offense or pretend it didn't happen, but it's to let go of it, release it to the Lord, not holding on to it, not being unforgiving, but letting it go and releasing it to the Lord. That's our call to live divine mercy. Sometimes I'll encourage people in confession of a couple ways that we can tap into God's grace to help us be merciful. And one of the ways is to uh, look at a crucifix and pray for a few minutes, meditating on that debt that Jesus paid for us, the extent of his mercy, what he is willing to suffer for us. St. Bonaventure, it said, used to kiss the crucifix so often that the wood became blackened from his kissing the cross we look at a crucifix and see again the depths of God's mercy. Secondly, if there's someone difficult to forgive or a number of people, you might meditate, putting yourself in your imagination at the foot of the cross with the Blessed Mother. and Picture yourself at the foot of the cross and then picture maybe that person or persons that are hard for you to forgive. Picture them standing with you in the Blessed Mother, and then you hear Jesus saying, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. Hear that from Jesus as you imagine that scene, and ask him for the grace to receive his mercy, to let that person go in mercy. It can help unlock us sometimes. But the Lord has the power, again, in his infinite mercy to help us with his grace to receive forgiveness, to be forgiving. Every time we celebrate the Holy Eucharist, we're entering into that one perfect sacrifice of Jesus, where he gave himself for us, and he reconciled us to the Father and to one another. Let's receive that mercy and ask the grace to release anyone we need to, including ourselves, to let that person be turned over to the Lord for his healing mercy.